Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean of the Philadelphia Inquirer, Daily News, and Philly.com. Here along with Zach Berman, also of the Philadelphia Inquirer, Daily News, and .com. Well, Zach, the Eagles had their first preseason game. They lost 31-14. The score doesn't really matter. Um, it's really more about the evaluation of the players and what happens on the field, although they weren't exactly sharp. There were three turnovers. Yeah. There were, what, 11 penalties. There were some missed tackles. There were a bunch of mistakes. And I know a lot of the players that are making these mistakes aren't going to be on the roster in about a month. But um, there are a number that are going to be on the team, and some of them didn't really play particularly well. That being said, I thought there were some positives. There were some players that stood out. Um, I'll give you my takeaways on a little yeah. bit. What were your three big takeaways? Yeah, well, I mean, just the, the big picture, I, I think you hit it on the head. You can't look at the score. The first-team defense looked look good, but they were playing against – uh, first-team offense that lacked Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon yeah, Bell. Yeah. And the first-team offense for the Eagles was missing five starters. So can't really take much away there. So I look at it, like you said, more individual performances. Um, I, my, my big takeaway was what you wrote about on Philly.com and in, in the in- Inquirer on Friday, which was Dallas Goddard. Uh, it kind of confirmed what we've seen throughout training camp, yeah. that he gets open. Um, he had one drop. But for the for the most part this summer, he he brings the ball in, and in the red zone, uh, that's where that that size and that ability to find holes in the zone that can be effective. And he's definitely going to have a role this year. Uh, my second takeaway was Shelton Gibson from year one to year two uh, has made the leap, and it's it's not just the fact that he caught a touchdown. Uh, it's it's more the confidence with which he played. He beat the he 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 beat the man on the release. Had that that deep speed and. When I spoke to him after the game, he said that the big difference with him now is he he doesn't just need to run deep. He actually asks uh, the, the wide receivers coach Gunter Brewer to give him some routes inside and, and and different things to show that he's more of a complete receiver. And then the third takeaway I'd say is Sidney Jones going into camp. I thought was going to be an outside cornerback. I didn't think they were going to mess with him in the slot. We're now. Uh, at a preseason game, two full weeks of training camp, and I'm starting to think he's going to be their slot cornerback this year. That seems to be the way they're preparing him right now. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. To back up on Dallas Goddard, um, we mentioned you mentioned the pass catching, which was very good, uh, smooth, he's clean. Uh, I was really surprised how well he blocked. It's a good point. You early. wrote that, yeah. Yeah, and it's not, um, you know, it's not just because. He did it in a game because uh, he really had, we haven't really seen much of it in training camp. It's that he was doing it against defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had some nice wham trap blocks on bigger guys that are a lot bigger than him, and I thought he was effective at doing it. Now he whiffed on one block against the linebacker, and JJ got dropped in the backfield on third down. But that's going to happen. Um, I, you know, it's one game. I don't want to make too much of, of it. He's going to face better players. But at this point, I think he's a little ahead of Zach Ertz in terms of the blocking. I mean, for Zach, it was – Zach Ertz now or Zach Ertz? Zach Ertz then. Okay, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and and that's, you know – now he's a little bigger than Zach was then. I think he's a little more physical, so maybe it comes a little more naturally for him. He didn't do much of it in college. uh, But that's going to be important for the Eagles to be able to to rely on him uh, on rundowns to get out there and block and certainly at times in passing downs. Uh, You mentioned Shelton Gibson – uh, he also returned the ball mm-hmm. a little bit, and he did pretty good there. I think he had one for 31 yards, 26.5 hours. I don't know if he's going to be the guy come the season. But it's not, I think it's going to be Sproles come yeah, the season. But yeah. you know what? I mean, if you need him, if Sproles, yeah. Sproles gets hurt, or let's say Sproles is like, you know, it's too much. Um, he's a guy that I think you can rely on that situation. 
Uh, he did it in college, so mm-hmm. it's you know. And with the new rules, it seems like there's enough space for him to not have to worry about contact as much. I think mm-hmm. that's probably what you'd be concerned with with a receiver. And then your last point is Sidney Jones. Um, you know, the things that stood out were not really kind of his play, although I thought he was fine. Um, it was the using the crown of his head, dipping his head mm-hmm. uh, to tackle guy. got called for a penalty there, and then he had a little injury. Um, he said a lower ankle sprain. Yeah. He left and never came back. But with Sydney, and it seems like he's fine, but he's had a couple of these – I mean, he didn't practice at the end last three weeks of training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, of of, of minicamp, yeah. Of, mi- of yeah. minicamp, excuse me. Well, it was um, – yeah, it yeah. was part of the OTAs, OTAs in the last minicamp. Yeah. And then, you know, he's had a couple little things here and there now in training camp. And he seems like he's fine. Don't make it too much of it. And, and just, you know, to take a step back, overall big picture, Eagles had a win in the fact that they didn't have any major injuries from yeah. what we can tell. So that's ultimately, I think, what's important. Um, but Sydney, you know, we can go back and forth on this. You know, we're only one game into this, but I think you're right. He played both first and second team in the slot, and he hasn't been doing that in camp. So it tells you that they really want to see mm-hmm. him in, in, in that position. And it makes you think that, yeah, he's probably going to start the, position, the season there. And maybe, you know, maybe that's the way to go, um, even though I think long-term he's going to be an outside cornerback. So why not just do you sooner trust, than later? Because you trust Jalen Mills out there. Okay. And you trust I – mean, they've both been playing well in camp. Yeah, and I, I don't think they wanted to. It's not like Jalen did a lot of slot last year. No, that's true. But I just think if Sidney Jones is eventually going to be a high-level player on the outside, I would do it sooner rather than later. If, if you're operating kind of under the assumption that they might not re-sign Ronald Darby, that so you have Sidney Jones in the slot for this year, and then next year he takes over Darby's spot, yeah. that's a natural progression. I just wonder, can you get him on the outside this year and get Mills inside? But I, I really don't think... Based on what I'm seeing, the Eagles don't want to keep moving guys back and forth. They they want you to focus on a spot. And maybe City's the best guy inside. I mean, he's willing to tackle. I mean, that's you know that's that's an important position, and they're really he's got to fill some big shoes. Patrick Robinson was probably overall their best cornerback mm-hmm. last year. Would you agree with that? Most consistent, yes. Definitely, okay, definitely. So I, I do agree. Yeah, I he's agree. gone, and then yeah. you know and. I know Jalen Mills can do it. I don't think it's really Darby's thing. I thought he can do it as well. Um, why not work work one guy there the entire the entire camp? And it's not like again, it's not like he doesn't have the skill set. He can tackle well. Um, he's got enough speed. Um, he's smart. He understands defenses. So I mean, I, I, again, I agree with you. I'm a little surprised too. I thought eventually it'd be just Jalen moving in, and maybe it will. We don't know <laughs> what's going to happen here. Again, the nickel spots, you know, tricky. You know, they'll go small nickel, they'll go big nickel, they'll go with the third safety um, at times two, which is going to be Corey Graham. He didn't play last night. Um, but interesting. Uh, let's talk about the quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Carson Wentz, no Nick Foles. Nate Sudfeld played the first half. He got the start. What did you think overall of his performance? It's actually what we've seen in training camp, where uh, there are times when he shows you why the Eagles are so bullish on him, why there's so much optimism about his development. And there are times when he clearly looks like a, a third-string developmental player. Yeah. And I, I, I guess the, the summation of that is I don't think you can trust him yet you know, to be if, – if something were to happen to Carson and Nick Foles, I don't think Nate Sudfeld steps in and does what Nick Foles did last year. Uh, so he, he's not there yet. But, but there are, he's a player in this league. You know, I, I think I've, I've seen enough – flashes there to think that uh, he's going to be a player in this league. The question is, is his is his cap 
is his ceiling just as a backup quarterback, or can he one day be a starter? Yeah, I agree, I agree with that. It seemed like he had kind of a little happy feet early on. Mm-hmm. The first interception was was a bad read. Yes, and, um, and, and he said that after bad the game. Bad decision, and he yeah. said that after the game. The second one seemed like there was miscommunication with him and Bryce Trikes. He had a couple other uh, indecisive moments. It seemed like he's a click late on some of those. Uh, but he got in the rhythm when he started going to Goddard. And Goddard was open. And he moves, open. too. He moves well. That touchdown pass he threw was, it was mostly him. I mean, yeah. Goddard did a nice job uh, off script, moving to his right, the uh, open hole. Um, but Nate eluded the unblocked blitzer off the yeah. edge, kind of pumped, uh, you know, did what he's supposed to do in terms of escaping the pocket at that point and threw against across his body. Uh, that was a nice play. Um, and then, he had, and then you know, perfect touch to, on the throw to Gibson. I mean, Gibson had about a two, two-step uh, lead there. Um, but that's that's you know that's not always easy hitting those bombs, and we haven't really seen a lot of uh, long connections no. in camp. So I think that was nice for the Eagles uh, to get that out of the way. Um, I think the question with Nate Sudfeld this year, kind of the big picture question, is can he be Nick Foles' replacement as Carson Wentz's backup quarterback, right. or even better case scenario potentially, uh, he's a restricted free agent at the end of the year. If you put a high tender on him, would a team try signing him and and give a draft pick or make a trade for him? Right. Uh, and I don't know if that second option is something that you'll see. I just don't think Sudfeld has shown enough yet. Maybe he does in these next three preseason games. But I think the first option is what the Eagles need to look closely at because Nick Foles is not going to be here in 2019. Yeah, he's got to show a little more in these next two preseason games, three preseason games, I think, to, for that to be a viable option. We don't know what's going to happen during the season, whether he's going to play or not. But this is important in terms of his value beyond, beyond this season. On the defensive side of the ball, you know, the first-team defense was, was sharp. Um, again, as you mentioned, their top three players, the Steelers' top three players, weren't playing. Um, but their offensive line was in there, and Fletcher Cox. That's true. I mean, yeah. he pretty much toasted uh, David DeCastro, yep. who's a Pro Bowl player. Although he seems to always have to get the better of him. But you know, Fletcher gets the yeah. better of the best guards in the league, in, interior def- linemen in the league. I mean, he's one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. It's going to happen. Um, you don't want to make too much of it, but it's nice to see that Fletcher still has that you know. That edge, that hunger, and he's going to be awesome again this year. No if, doubt. if Fletcher has another gear, like if, if there's yeah, a better be level scary. than what we've seen, it, yeah, because the one thing we haven't really seen is high sack numbers. He had five and a half sacks last year. He's found ways to impact the game, and that's Jim Schwartz's argument, say you can't judge everything by sacks. But if he's a 12-sack guy, then the conversation with him is totally different. Right. He, if he does have another step, then all of a sudden he enters into that Aaron Donald exactly. type well of said. conversation. That's a, that's a way of putting it. And, and a guy who can yep. just dominate games. I mean, he can. He's done that, but I don't think he strings them together as yeah. much as Donald does. No knock against Fletcher. He's one of the top three. Schwartz alluded to that, too, actually. When I asked yeah, Schwartz yeah, if, if he could be that, week. Schwartz said you can put on eight games. That, that, that you can put on films of eight games last year when he played at that level. And if you kind of read between the lines there, it's saying if he does that every week. Yeah, there's eight that, games where he's not doing yeah. that. Uh, he's still being great, but he's still not being yep. dominant. Uh, you know, Mal- Malcolm Jenkins and Nigel Brown teamed up for a sack. Um, How about Schwartz throwing a blitz there? Yeah, yeah, because I, I think the Steelers threw a few early. Okay. I bet you that was like, okay. hey, here That's you go. You're going to throw yeah. a couple blitzes yeah. at us. Yeah. We're going to throw a couple blitzes at you. Um, there's always a little gamesmanship going on during yeah. these preseason games. Sometimes the coaches will get together at midfield and be like, okay, what are you doing? Exactly. This is what I'm doing. What are you doing? How long are you playing your guys? All right, how long are you playing your first team? When I mean, the Eagles played their first team defense, the whole unit for the first two possessions, although you saw a little bit of the defensive line, Fletcher Cox, Michael Bennett later yeah. on. I mean, when there was a play where Cox was lined up over the center, walked him back. Now, this wasn't uh, Marquise Pouncey. He was a backup guy, but he walked him back into the quarterback, and Bennett was to his left inside. We're going to see, we're gonna see yeah. a lot of that. 
uh, this season. And certainly when Brandon Grant comes back, we'll see him back in that spot as well. Uh, but it was good to see the defense uh, playing at a certain clip. And that's the way it's been in camp. But you would expect that with no Carson Wentz, no Alshon Jeffrey, yep. a, other, a bunch of other players getting hurt. Let's go down further in the depth chart and you know, so maybe some of the other positional battles um, or maybe even more roster. But let's go positional battles. Weak side linebacker. Would you think of Nate Gary, Camus Grugier Hill, and I guess really Corey Nelson? Although I think at this point he's not really in the competition. Yeah, I don't think Nelson's in the competition. I'll, I'll be honest, Nate and Camus, there was nothing to the naked eye that really jumped out last night to me. So I'll, I'll defer to you there on that one. Well, I did. I did rewatch it, and and Gary was fine. He got he got blocked out of a play at the second level by by a guard rather easily. That's going to happen. Uh, but it was a big run. For the Steelers, the thing I didn't like was there was an outlet pass. They moved in the middle linebacker in the second team. There's an outlet pass um, to a receiver, and he had a chance to like kind of run him out of bounds and really just didn't go full out. And he got clobbered from behind. Not behind, it was like from the side on a returning blocker. Stuff like that. Just, I don't know. I watched that. I'm sure coaches put that on film and they're pointing that out. Uh, Camus led the team with six solo tackles. Two of them were for loss. I mean, that's the way he always has been yep. throughout camp. And but to the me, fact I mean, it seems like they just went Nate. They're giving exactly. Nate every opportunity to win that job. The fact I was about to say that the fact that Nate started there makes me think that, and, and we discussed this on the past podcast. They're pushing Nate for that job. They, he's a fifth round pick that that they want to develop. Him. Yeah. Now he hasn't been terrible, but is this another case of you know like Isaac Sayamala last mm-hmm. year? You give him every opportunity, you put him in there game two, he can't do it. Is Nate Gurry now? Look, this is not as important. The weak side position, they're not going to play much um, because of the, the Eagles. You know, nickel and dime usage, which is about 75% of the time. But is it going to be one of these cases where, you know, Nate Gary's a fifth round pick? We're going to yep. force this uh, this round hole into a square peg. I'm sorry, this round peg into a square hole. <laughs> and all of a sudden, two weeks later. It was in, a late night, like, early morning. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It was a late night. Are they going to realize, okay, we should have had Camus yeah. in there all along? It's a good question. And, but with Camus, you're not talking. I don't think this is a situation last year like Siamala and Wisniewski. When Wisniewski was an established starter in this league, and it just seemed like they just wanted to go with their draft pick, and eventually it became too obvious they need to go with Wisniewski. Um, I don't know if, if the difference between Nate Gary and Camus is that significant. I understand why you want to develop Nate, but I agree that when you've been watching camp this year, I think Camus been the better player. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's look at the running back position. We saw a fair amount of Josh Adams, Corey Clement. We Which did not is, see Donnell Pumphrey. We did not see Donnell Pumphrey, and we did not see Matt Jones. Uh, Matt Jones. Both of those guys were out. But Jones, at this point, you know, I think you can kind of give him a little leeway. He's, he's been established running back in this league. I mean, you want to see more of him if he's going to make the team. Yeah. But with Pumphrey, a guy who missed all of last season, mm-hmm. and when we did see him last last year in the preseason, we were underwhelmed. He needs these games if he wants 100%, to make the team. 100%. Now, if he's hurt, he's hurt. Yeah. But, right, famous adage, can't make the club <laughs> the from tub. the tub. And and the reality is, too, when you're out, someone else gets that opportunity. And Josh Adams got those snaps last night. Yeah. And we've, I mean, I think he ran the way that we've seen him run in camp. Now, we haven't seen a lot of him. He's, he didn't play in the spring because of the foot injury. Yeah. He didn't play the first Actually, week either. He didn't play in the first week here. But when, when I've seen him run, I'm just impressed – um, he's patient. Uh, he just seems he's got an innate ability to find the hole. Um, he's also running behind a third stream off, string offensive line, so you have to take that into account as well. There were a couple of times he caught he caught two passes yesterday. Seemed to know what to do with it. 
Um, I think he blocked okay. Uh, if, if it's me right now, he's my fourth running back. Yeah, I really liked him at, at Notre Dame. And I, I've said that last year. Like, he jumped out when you watch Notre Dame. Now, Eagles did too. He, they made him the highest paid undrafted yeah. rookie in the NFL. Now, he's he's a guy who, who didn't test well. Um, but when you just watch him play, you know, he, he can, he can run the football and he's got size. Uh, I think there's, there's tools there to develop. I, I would do my best to keep him, especially as a fourth running back. And unless you're so committed to pump free because you drafted him and you think there's more to mold there. But I would guess that there's more to mold from Adams than there is from Pumphrey. They like, I mean, they like Adams. The question with him is, like, you can't hide, you can't stow him on the practice squad, I think. Now, maybe we're overvaluing him. How many years have we done that for certain guys? Sure. And it comes around cut-down day. Like, last year, we I think a bunch of had Shelton Gibson not on the team and not Denell Pumphrey not on the team. Now, I mean, our instincts were right, but we have to think the way the Eagles are thinking. Yeah. And if it's, you know, it could be just come down to a couple of minor things in terms of who's better, Adams or Pumphrey. Um what you do have to consider, though, is just beyond this year. So that fourth guy, who's probably not going to be active a lot of times, although you typically you want four running backs active. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they're, either of them are much of special teams, special teams contributors. I, I know Adams is out there learning it and trying to yeah. do it. He's and going to have to do it if he's on the team. And Pumphrey, they've been, they've been working as a returner. But that's all he can do. Yeah. I mean, Adams, he's not Adams, yeah. Adams at least you can have him block and yeah. have him tackle. Sure. But – that fourth guy would be a little bit of a developmental guy, and the Eagles next year they're not they're probably not going to have Jay Ajayi back. Mm-hmm. Realistically, Darren Sproles has said this is the last mm-hmm. year. Corey Clement is a good running back; I really yep. like him, but he's not going to be your lead guy. I mean, he may be your one A guy, uh, but he's I mean one uh, you know one A guy, but he's not going to be your number one guy. And I'm not saying Josh Adams is going to be your number one your number one guy either, but you want to have someone that you think maybe can contribute. Uh, and be and be a part of that running crap, uh, running camp, uh, running back crew. And I don't, Pum- Pumphrey's not going to be it. Um, I don't think Josh Adams will be the top guy either. But I think he has the potential to be a guy that you want to you want to u- utilize. And the thing I like about him too is he's not like the other running backs they have in camp. You're right. He's different. And uh, sometimes that change of pace is nice. But and and so there's two things I'll add here. First off, it became pretty obvious last year by like the third week of the preseason that they needed to have Corey Clement on the roster. He played his way onto the team. Yeah, and I absolutely. think Josh Adams is going to get that chance this year. It's way too early now. There's still three more preseason games. But after that third game going into the Jets game, uh, it might be pretty clear if he keeps playing well that he's earned his way onto the team. The second, And this is more of a question for you. We haven't talked about Wendell Smallwood. Uh, has the ship sailed there? Uh, I mean, I think they can. No, I don't think it has. Okay. Because I think he can be trustworthy. He did fumble. <laughs> he did fumble last night. Yeah, they recovered, but yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> he shouldn't be doing that at this point in his career. And I don't see any significant improvement. And I think with Wendell, it's like you have all these other things you got to deal with. Constantly hurt. Not exactly an A student in the classroom. Um, you know, and then just kind of frustrating, I think, in terms of what he does occasionally on the field. I think he has the ability. I think it's the other stuff that bothers you about Wendell Smallwood. And it doesn't seem like he's really improved. He had a strong camp last year until he got hurt again. Now, he's healthy right now. Um, but he, and he had a nice 13-yard run last night. But I just don't know if he's – I still think I would take Adams ahead of Smallwood at this point because it's your fourth running back. Yeah, and I usually think by year three – you know who you are, you know, or or I, I guess you say the team knows who you are. Right. Like Nelson Aguilar in year three last year started becoming obvious. He's a player. You know, you could see those those glimpses there. Um, 
and so like uh, another third year guy is Isaac Siamalo. He's someone who has seemed to regress from year one to year two to year three. My point is, by this point, I think Wendell Smallwood, what he's shown is what he is. He's an, he's an okay running back, but I think he's a replacement-level running back. Zach, uh, I know you haven't had an opportunity to really kind of digest the game looking back upon it, but I'm gonna real quick, I'm going to give you like maybe yeah. like six names of okay. guys, stock up or stock down after this yeah. game, or whether you're buying or selling the stock. Just this game or, or camp? Just this game. Okay. And then, well, no, this game and, and okay. overall. And then, uh, and then I want to talk about one topic okay. as somebody who didn't actually play okay. on Thursday night. Okay, first guy, Cameron Johnston. Up after last night. Yeah, okay. Um, that was a hell of a punt. 81-yarder. It yeah. did not count in the book. But and, and real quick to chime in, I thought he had a, he had a nice uh, day, better than we've seen in yeah. camp. Um, situationally, he was still okay. I thought a couple of those kicks inside yeah. the 21 went out of bounds to 15. One was like a 12. I mean, you want to be inside. Sure, the inside 10. the 10. 10, yeah. or, 10 or inside those. Yeah. Um, but he looked pretty good. I mean, I think the big concern with this, everyone knows he's got a big leg. Yeah. It's just it's the consistency. It's the consistency. It's an yeah. issue for him. All right. Uh, Chance Warman. Uh, down. Down. I, uh, he's a one-position player right now, and he's not distinguishing himself. Is that he position. on your roster? If I had to say yeah, uh, right now, I'd say No. No. Matt Pryor is, in my book, yeah. clearly ahead of, ahead of him. He's got versatility. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a draft pick on top of that. I mean, it depends on how many offensive linemen they keep, eight or nine. Yeah. But Matt Pryor's number eight right now. And I guess that depends, too, what they do with Maialata as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, Maialata, just real quick to chime in on him, first football game that he's ever played. Uh, he gave up a sack early on, but I think once he settled down, he did pretty well. He's got the ability. Uh, uh, he's got the physical ability. It's just going to be a long process. Long process. And he has revealed that he has a, a mild sprain, his PCL. So it's almost like... Maybe an IR guy. Maybe an IR yeah. guy for for this year. And as you've mentioned plenty of times before, that the the risk with doing that is, and especially for a developmental guy like that, you're not going to have him on the practice field. You're not going to be able to work with him week in and week out. But you'll have him in the building. You can teach be, him football. Yeah, yeah. you'll have him in the building and actually teach the guy yeah. some football. Okay, Trey Sullivan. Down after last night. He played. He did not play well. No, I agree with you. I mean, that's that's an issue with the Eagles. I think a little bit. Like they went out. It's clear now why they went out and got Corey Graham, although I think that was eventually going to happen anyway. Yeah, yeah they, they put in Corey's hands. Well, we don't know about Chris Maragos, and they don't really have an obvious fourth safety. No. Even when Chris comes back, because Chris typically wouldn't play in that situation. Again, the fourth safety doesn't play a lot. But, like, Jalen Watkins was a guy that played a fair amount last year, and you, you could use him because he was a cornerback slash safety. I think he became more of a cornerback last year than he was a safety. But Trey just did, did not – do anything, I thought. I, mean, I agree. One game, you know, obviously give him more opportunity. But, and then the guys behind him, I mean, Jeremy Reese, I just don't know if there's anything there. No, I think that's a position they can look on the waiver wire for. Yeah, and then they'll yeah. probably get somebody there. How many did I give you? I gave you four? Yeah. All right, let's go. Uh, you, I think you gave me three. You gave me Cameron Johnson, Chance Warmack, Trey Sullivan. Okay, I'm trying to pick a different position. Oh, okay. Uh, Aziz, Aziz Shittu. Uh Didn't jump out to me last night, so I would say neutral. And Elijah Paul. holding. Qualls was down last night. Three penalties. Yeah, yeah. Qualls was down. All right, well, you've written about defensive tackle recently. Yeah, I mean. Who who, who makes the team at that position? Especially, let's say, Tim Jernigan is, starts the season on pop. I think yes. which most of us assume. So I, I think you got three locks. You have Fletcher Cox. You have Haloti Nada. And I think Destiny Valle is a lock. I mean, he's been their starter throughout the summer. And he's someone that they've liked in the past. Uh, I don't know who makes it after that. You, As we've discussed, you can move Michael Bennett. And and you can move Brandon Graham inside. 
But, uh, I mean, do you keep someone like like um, Qualls? Do you keep someone like Shitu? Someone who who I've heard players talk nicely about, and you spoke highly about him, is, is Bruce Hector. Had yeah. a sack last night. Yeah. Uh, and I thought Shitu actually played pretty well. I mean, Doug has been talking him up, so maybe yeah. he's the guy. I don't know. I think we have to see some more games out of him. Um, I'll get, let me give you one more um, linebacker. You probably weren't watching him much, and I wasn't watching much of him last night too. But I just wonder how how, how he fits on this roster, and they seem like they like him, Joe Walker. <laughs> um, I, he's they up like with, him. He's up with them. He's down with me. I mean, he's another guy. I think he is what he is at this point, and yeah. uh, especially if, if if you're priming Nate Gary to be your backup middle linebacker, then then. I would not keep Joe Walker, but I. But for full disclosure, I lost the fifty-three man roster competition last year because Walker. I had Joe Walker getting cut and I had Nate Gary on it, and uh, and they cut Nate Gary and and they, they kept Joe, Joe Walker. Walker. Yeah. All right. Um, so we all know the Carson Wentz did play last night. I don't know if you listened back to the broadcast, but Mike Mayock, who we all respect, um, was the color analyst. It's one of the best parts of of the preseason. It's getting to hear Mayock. Getting to hear Mike. Yeah, he's great. And, uh, you know, Mike's well-liked around here. He talks to all the coaches mm-hmm. and, the, and the personnel staff. And he was asked about, you know, whether you would rush, not rush, but about bringing Carson Wentz back and having him ready for, for the first game. And he emphasized that you just cannot think about week one. It, this has to be a medical decision, not a football decision. Yeah. So you have I agree a, the bigger picture to think about. But he really hammered it home, um, saying, I don't care if it's week one, week two, week three, four, five, or six. Make sure he's 100% healthy before you bring him back. Is he? Is that him, or is he getting that from inside? I'm not saying you maybe know that. Yeah, maybe a little bit of both. But I, I, I mean, this is my saying, We keep saying that we think Carson's going to be back by week one. Yeah, but here's – Well, okay, let's consider the fact that he may not. Oh, the, I mean, that's definitely a possibility. But, let's talk, but, but here's let's the thing. I, I, think, about that. I don't think Doug Peterson makes this decision. And I've said this all along. No. Because that's a slippery Does slope. If Doug, no, I think, but I think it's, Who if, does? if he's cleared. These doctors they just hired? Yeah, yeah. I think if he's medically cleared to take a hit, then he's playing week one. Okay, if he's so not he's medically cleared, then he's not. A doctor? Yeah. They, they all keep saying it's everybody. So it's collaborative. Yeah, no, 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 I think it's a medical decision. There's one doctor, his doctor, the one who did the surgery. He's probably yeah, the that's that's Dr. Bradley. Yeah, maybe yeah. so. Maybe, I, I, I should call Tom Bradley, his brother, my old buddy. <laughs> there you go. From your Penn State Former days. From Penn State days. Uh, but but I, I would say that this is a, this is going to be a binary decision. Are you cleared? If you're cleared, you play. Are you not cleared? If you're not cleared, you don't play. Right. I don't think there's – he's cleared, but he's not ready. I don't think there's any of that. Okay. So you think he'll be right? I think he's going to be cleared by then. But if you talk to so many orthopedic surgeons or guys who have done this surgery or do this mm-hmm. surgery or work in that field, they're, they're like, the odds are that he will not be ready in time. Deshaun Watson played last night. Yeah, well. That was like a, what, a, a month earlier? Around a, a month, no, month and a half earlier? No. He, no, he got, weak, he got hurt in, in October. Two months okay. earlier. Okay, two months earlier. Yeah. Um, Robert Griffin, you're going to go to that one? <laughs> I, I don't think he was medically cleared when he came back. Well, we he, don't know, but well, he didn't play like it. No, he didn't play like it. They rushed him back. But, yeah. Um, I think I'm starting to lean on I don't I mean, know. Carson Palmer was cleared I'm during really that up, time. I'm really up in the air with this. I'm, I, I was like 80, 75% Carson's back by week one. 
I'm now 50-50. 50-50. Okay. I'm, I'm at I'm still a, six, one week, you have I'm a 65 Foles, 35. You have Nick Foles. But I don't think that factors into the decision. That can't. Because once you're doing that, because I know because that's I don't a slippery slope. I don't think it is a binary. I don't think okay, it's Okay, so that's where you and I disagree. Yeah, I think it's black and white. You're cleared or you're not cleared. Well, because I I think because I think medically there isn't a clear to not clear. You know what I'm saying? There is like, well, we can clear it. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Ideally, I bet you what they're saying is you have to take a whole full year for your full year off. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just, I don't think for medically it's a black and white thing. So I think what the doctors are saying is like, well, you tell us how you feel. You know, like Carson's going to have to factor in this decision. I don't think it's going to be 100% on the doctors. Yeah, I, I disagree with you there. I, I don't I know mean, how he feels. But I, but I think if it's if Carson factors into it, Carson's playing. I think it's the doctor saying. Well, yeah, we know that you're cleared to take a hit. If you're cleared to take a hit, you're out on the field. If you're not cleared to take a hit, then you're not out on the field. But I think it's that simple. Because once you get into that situation where, well, we have Nick Foles. What happens if Nick Foles comes out and, and looks like he did against the Patriots? It's one game, two games. So what if he like, does that for a month? Carson Wentz is our guy. I mean, and and then and then what if Foles plays like that and Carson? Comes out and struggles. Then what? Well, I mean, so that's certainly. where I think you say. Yeah, but you can't think about that in terms of the guy's knee. So that's how I say you take the decision out of Doug Peterson's hands. You take the decision out of Howie Roseman's hands. Although I think Howie likes having decisions. In yeah, his I hands. don't. I but, don't know how they're not um, going to be involved. Yeah, but I think you say. What, I, th- I think you say, doctor. What is, is he clear? Where is this utopian uh, decision making? Uh, you know, NFL world you live in. That's, no. not what, that's not the way things happen. I'm, you know that. I'm aware of that. But I'm saying there's gonna be a lot of pressure from Carson and Doug and Howie to get him to sure, play Week One. Sure, absolutely, and that's that's reality, and that's why I hold firm. Well, that's when why you're I'm cleared, concerned. when you're cleared, you play. Well, this goes back. I mean, you know, I'm kind of arguing the opposite yeah. angle now too. My my original one was that that they're going to be cautious with him. You don't think any shape, way, shape, or form, if the coaches and Howie or and Carson have any say in it, that he won't play a Week One. I don't think there's a scenario unless it happens like an maybe, hour before maybe, the game. My point is maybe they're hearing from the medical people that, you know what, he's not going to be ready for Well, if, the, if, if that's the case, then why yeah. was he? Why was he all of a sudden went from full participant to now being partial? Because I think they they saw that they saw what happened that Saturday and they said, what's he doing out here? I think that played a factor into it. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that was like there's so much risk. There was a play – Last week, where where Callahan was was rolling out, and and someone just hit him. Yeah, I mean, like, what if that's Carson? Yeah, you know. So that's that's why I I intellectually understand why they backed him up. Well, you know, I don't think he's going to do much this week either. Next no, week he said be, that. Yeah. yeah, next week will be interesting. All right, well, that's it here for the Bird's Eye View podcast. Uh, Eagles one week one preseason over. They play at the Patriots next week. Super Bowl rematch. Super Bowl rematch. <laughs> We'll talk to you guys sometime early next week and then after uh, the game.